Welcome to Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and today I am thrilled to host the newly elected mayor of Edmond, Daryl Davis. Welcome, Mayor Davis. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Erin. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Me too. So, Mayor Davis, while your position as mayor is new, your service to the city of Edmond is certainly not. You have served on city council for nine years, and you've served as chairman of Edmond Parks and Recreation Advisory Board. In addition, you served as chief of installation contracting division with Air Force Sustainment Center at Tinker Air Force Base, and as we were just talking about, an adjunct professor through Southeastern Oklahoma State University. You and your wife, Marty, have raised three kids in Edmond who are also committed to serving others through their careers in education and dentistry. Mm -hmm. You have been so engaged in the Edmond community through service as a dad, as a committed citizen, what would you say have been some of the best or the biggest changes you have been witness to or helped to bring about? Um, looking at the one is just the evolution of downtown. Let's start there. Uh, just a few years ago, one could come to downtown Edmond after six o'clock and there was nothing for you or your family to do. And now we are starting to bring retail, some new type of retail in there, some restaurants, uh, the public art increased there. And we have active, we have also a small park downtown. So there's things for people to do now. Uh, and so that's one. Uh, other things that have happened over the, my time uh, being involved with Edmund is the partnerships that we've have created, uh, like at Mitch Park with the MAC and the YMCA and the school board and the city where we have a, a, a top of the line nautical facility there. We have a YMCA there, and then we have the other senior citizen activities there. So that encompasses a wide range, a spectrum that people can enjoy of all age groups there. And then we look at another partnership we have is with the uh, school board in the in center court. That regionally, I don't think you'll find a better tennis center regionally. And so those things that I've been a part of really, really make me feel great. And then we just look at some of the other things we're doing uh, from a recreational aspect, the development of our trails, uh, Arcadia Lake, uh, the trails that are going off of Route 66 now, coming through Spring Creek, uh, some of the other trails that we have uh, going throughout the, the city itself. Our ultimate goal one day is to be able to connect Mitch Park to Arcadia Lake by trails. And that would be wonderful. And then let's also look at some of the micro-mobility things that we're doing. Now we have scooters in downtown Edmond, but we have two. Now we have Lime and Bird. So that increases the mobility, uh, transportation of, uh, avenues that are available for, for Edmond. I'm just looking forward to us as we continue to grow and expand uh, what's next on the horizon. That's exciting to hear about. As, mm -hmm. as a mom of a very active family, <laughs> I love hearing about all of those and watching all those great things that have been happening and hearing what else is to come. So one of your key priorities in your campaign was public safety. Obviously, economic development is very important to you. And as we just talked about, you have a long history of supporting parks, recreation, and the arts. 
Mm -hmm. What's your future vision for continuing to improve quality of life for Edmond citizens? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I always remind people that they have to understand for us to do our business here in Edmond, we rely mainly on our sales tax dollars. So how can we increase the sales tax dollars in a positive way, in a flexible way in, in Edmond? So one of the things that I'm working on is we have I-35 and Route 66. We have thousands of cars that go north and south, east and west on those two roads each day. How can we pull those individuals, those tourists, those travelers off of the road, come to Edmond, enjoy the fine things of Edmond, have some entertainment, have some social life, have some uh, artistic life, have some recreational life, and then go on their merry way. How can we, how can we do that? Uh, also, we're also looking at the majority of our density in, in Edmond is on the west side of town, west of I-35. Well, we're looking at a plan we have, that we're currently work, uh, developing with a consultant for the east side of town. How can we create the east side of town to still have the, the beauty, keep the beauty of the east side, but increase some of the, the, the density population and the revenue generating opportunities over there and to help Edmond grow in a positive way that direction. Uh, I think it's so important that we, that we keep looking at that um, because people move to Edmond for several reasons. Like I moved here my, or my family. We moved here for the schools, we moved here for the community, and we moved here for the safety. So we wanna continue that. We don't want to put ourselves, we don't wanna take any of those three values and diminish them. So I wanna keep for looking at opportunities, flexible opportunities, that we can put in place that can help a family move here, that can help industry move here, some type of company move here, and that will allow them to enjoy Edmond and help us grow into the future. That's great. And I love mm -hmm. um, that you think back to, to your own family and why you came to Edmond and, and our intent upon helping continue that for yes. other families as well. So true. So you ran a campaign for mayor during what was a very challenging year for all of us. What would you say that you learned about yourself or your community during that campaign that will influence your time as mayor? Yes, that was a very, very difficult time because some of the traditional campaign techniques that one would use, uh, we couldn't use. And, but what I learned, I had to be patient. But two, I'm, I've always been a listener. But during that time, I had to be a better listener. I had to be able to uh, listen over the phone or behind a door, or, uh, which is different from listening with somebody when they're standing in front of you. The body languages that you see, you, you, we didn't see that, uh, that, that type of communication during that. So it just taught me how to slow down, listen, ask more questions, so that I can fully understand where, uh, whoever I was talking to, where they were coming from. Uh, I also learned that I have to, a, a bigger duty to take care of myself because one, I still have my family that is depending upon me and then uh, becoming mayor or, or wanting to become mayor, there's gonna be a community that's gonna be dependent upon me. And so that from a health and mental and health uh, standpoint, I felt was very, I learned more that I have to, to spend more time also taking care of myself. 
And so it also helped me to understand people that we are social creatures. And so we have to figure out how to keep that social activity going and be creative in, uh, in how we accomplish that. So it was, yes, it was a challenging time. Uh, I hope, I pray that we never have to go through anything like that again. But if we do, I think there's some key things we've, we've learned that I want people to remember uh, as if we have to going forward. And that is such an important lesson, I think, for parents all the time that we have to remember to take care of ourselves so that yes. we can take care of the people around us. Mm -hmm. What plans or hopes do you have moving forward to work with some of the mayors of other surrounding cities to help strengthen the entire metro area? That is, oh, beautiful question. You know, uh, timely question. Just recently, as last week, I spent three days with mayors from all over Edmond. The Oklahoma Municipal League had their annual mayor's conference in Lawton, Oklahoma, and I attended that. And I met mayors that were from large cities like Edmond to small cities of population 450. And that right there was a starting point for me to start building relationships with, with the various mayors in Edmond, I mean, not Edmond, in Oklahoma, and found out one key thing. We all, no matter what the size of our municipality, still have the same problems. Taking care of our people, taking care of our infrastructures, taking care of our resources. We all have the same problems, no matter what the size is. So that conference, their main purpose was to get bring us together to start building those relationships. I've come home with numbers, cell phone numbers, and starting next week, I'm going to be reaching back out to these mayors and saying, hey, great time in Lawton. Let's continue the conversations we had down there and make sure whenever you come through Edmond, give me a call. If I'm available, we can meet. Same if I, when I come through your town. So it, it's, it was a start, and I'm looking forward to it uh, as we continue to grow regionally and as a state here. I love that. It's so great to hear that, that those kinds of relationships are being built across mm -hmm. the state. And um, I think that kind of encompasses who we are as a state, people who are willing to help each other and, and reach out. One of the other key things that you have a strong track record in is supporting our law enforcement. And obviously, we know both in Oklahoma and nationally, there's been a lot of divisiveness between law enforcement and community citizens. How do you think we can work better collectively to begin to repair those kinds of divisions here? One, we, we, we're gonna to have to have more communication. Um, among myself, the citizenry, uh, the citizens of Edmond, uh, the law enforcement departments, we're just gonna to have to have more communication. Um, what people sometimes don't understand is that law enforcement they work 24 hours a day. They're always on call. And so we have to understand how do those interfaces there uh, and what can they do better and what can we do better? What can we do to help them? What changes do they possibly need to make in their day-to-day -day activities? And that would come from maybe recommendations from them that said, hey, this burden is being placed on us. 
but it should be somewhere else. Right now, people are looking at identifiers and saying, oh, police department, you shouldn't be doing this. But well, I'll also like for the police and law enforcement department to say, well, this, this isn't truly a good fit for us, but because it happens, uh, you call us at these times and the only one who's available to handle that call is the law enforcement department, that maybe it should go somewhere. Maybe, maybe we should look at uh, creating other avenues for support and all that. Uh, but we have to have the communication. One of the things that uh, people also need to understand, the police are, are trained for certain aspects. And I want that training to be increased. It's just like me. I'm a very tall man. I'm six foot six. I'm not going to say my weight, but I'm six foot six. My movement, my body movement is totally different than a person who is five, six. When I move my arms, it, I, I cover a pretty big uh, wingspan compared to someone else smaller. And so those are other things that people need to understand, that I learned early on, that just my physical size, people interpret me different. And hopefully law enforcement is also understanding that people of different size. Yeah. And it also depends, um, as I say, with those communications, uh, that you have. One of the things I've always asked people, where are you from? Where were you born and raised? That helps me to understand the lens that you're looking at something. One of the simple questions I ask, do you say soda, pop, or Coke? And people are like, huh? I said, well, some people say soda, and some are soda pop, some people say pop, and some people say Coke for a carbonated beverage drink. And that's, some, that's regionally, some, in most cases, of where you're from. And so you see that lens of where that person is coming from. And if we can have those conversations, I know our police department has programs where they're trying to be seen more by the public and in just nor normal day-to-day -day activities. Because I guarantee you, every officer, and I don't know of anyone who does this, but they put their one shoe on at a time. I don't know anyone who puts both shoes on at the same time. They put their pants on one leg at a time. They do all the things that we do also. They're just as human as we are. So how can we help with that communication with them as a community and and help everyone um, get along and understand the needs of everyone. That, um, that aspect of really listening to each other that you mm -hmm. talked about earlier, um, that's kind of what I'm hearing you say again is really taking time to communicate, to listen, and, and to develop some empathy for yes. each other. Mm -hmm. So your election as mayor and to Edmonds City Council has some important historical significance. You were the first black person elected to Edmonds City Council in 2011, and now the first black mayor of Edmond. What yeah. have you seen that historical significance mean to others in the community and what has it meant to you? Well, for me and my family, it's been a very humbling uh, event uh, on election night. Uh, my, the, our daughter who lives here, my wife and I, we were all in 
the, either the kitchen or the, or the dining room, watching the results is getting them in any way we could receive them. And then our other two kids, we had them on social, some type of social media aspect, so we could all be together. And it was very uh, humbling for us to, as we got further into the night and realized that I was going to win, that uh, I was going to be the first black mayor. Uh, and uh, and we didn't take it lightly. I didn't take it lightly, and our my family didn't take it lightly. And so we we know that it's a a a big, large, challenging job, and that we're going to. As it's, you hear what I'm saying, is we because when you, it's just not me. It's my family too because we have a saying: it's they, we're David Strong, and that they we all are in this together. When I thought about running for mayor, I didn't go home and tell my wife and say, oh, I'm gonna run for mayor. I asked her, are we gonna run for mayor? And the answer came out, yes. But so that, that's, it's a great importance. And so what I want from out of that, I want people to, to see that uh, Edmund is one changing. Edmund has opportunity for everyone. Uh, you need to take advantage of those opportunities. You need to get involved with Ed, with your community. And that's what I did when I came here with my, my wife and I with our three kids. We became involved with the community. I did not have a general sense to say, well, I'm going to come to Edmond and I'm going to become the mayor. No. Each time someone asked me to do something more from Park Board, my first answer was always no. And then it became a yes. And so I look forward for, for, for that aspect that we can um, continue to grow as a community, can continue to grow as a, as a society for the benefit and better uh, for all. Um, and for others, I just want them to, to, to get involved. Uh, as our sign says, Edmond is a great place to grow. So figure out how do you wanna grow? You, you have from your our recreational opportunities, from our educational opportunities, from our business opportunities, from our just human interface opportunities. Edmund is increasing all of those. So just be a part of it. Don't go home. You know, they've always called Edmund a bedroom community. And I remember what, what that meant to me. I would get up in the morning and I would drive 22 miles to work. And that was in another town. Then every day I would get back, I would drive back. But then once you come back, what are you going to do to become involved with your community? Are you going to take your children to the activities here in Edmond? Are you going to take them to another town for those activities? Are you going to come here in Edmond to eat dinner or to have your friends come here to, to, to socialize with you? Or are you going to go to another town? So I'm just saying people, from, from this position that I am, being the first black, I want everyone to, who lives here to embrace Edmund and to become a part of it to make it better in the future. Um, That's and then also, I, when I also look at the community, when I talk to other people, community people about me being, uh, what I saw was happiness. Uh, they were happy for the change. They were happy for uh, the growth, the maturity that they're seeing in their community and that 
they want to be a part of it they, in a positive way. They want to be a part of this evolution that has happened here in Edmond. That's great. And I, um, I think, as I have told you previously, I, I, I think that, that your election has infused a lot of joy and a lot of hope for people in Edmond, my family included. Um, and I think that's really, I think that's so important. Um, and it's been, it's been fun to watch and it's going to be fun to watch from here on out for sure. Thank you. So speaking of your, your three kids, I know you and your wife have always strived to instill in them the values of public service and hard work. So how has being a dad influenced your aspirations to serve in Edmond? Well, that, one thing I wanted to, to overcome, and there's, there's a stigma that dads aren't involved with, with raising their children. And especially being a, a black male, that I always wanted to help with that is that there are great fathers out there and there are fathers out there that need help uh, being a great father. And so I wanted to help with me is that I realized I had three children. I had three exceptional children. They have their own gifts and that we needed to find ways to enhance each of their, their gifts, their talents, and let them become the person that they wanted to become. And that is what happened. We just had a, in our family, uh, one of the requirements that we, we had growing up is that, well, one, you're going to do what we tell you to do, but two is that you're going to learn how to play a musical instrument. And each child had to play, learn how to play at least two instruments. So piano was the base, uh, that was the basic instrument that, that everyone had to learn. And then you got to choose an instrument. And that right there, that musical influence that we saw with our children helped them in their creativity going forward in life. Uh, and so I tell parents today, can they say, well, how did, what help, how did your children become successful? I said, one is this also our community that we lived in. Since early in my career, I traveled a lot, but we had three active children. We would call a neighbor and say, hey, can you take one of our kids to practice with you because they were, they were on the same team and bring them home. And then when whoever was, and when we get home, we'll pick them up. We had that type of, that, that village in our community that helped there. And then with the other aspect of, uh, of the music that each one of them had to learn, that helped develop the other side of their brain and for them to go be creative in their own way. And so what we see now, we have uh, our two daughters are principals and our son is a, is a professional musician and has his own dental practice. So I that was just part of, of what happened here. But I also tell people this, the community of Edmond helped that happen. When I traveled the law enforcement, my wife was safe here. She felt safe here with our three children. And so it was the community here that helped us develop her. And then we were involved with our children in the schools. I tell parents, just don't drop your child off at school and say, okay, now it's your job to educate them. I tell them, get involved with your teacher. 
another story I have is when we first moved up here with our first daughter, my wife, not my wife and I, we went to a parent-teacher conference, and the and the instructors, the teachers there, had a funny look on our face and said, "Is there something wrong?" And says, "No, we're just not used to having two parents here, hmm. or any parents here." I said, "Well, don't worry, we will always be here. At a minimum, one will be here, and if both of us are available, we both will be here." And that happened throughout their entire time in while they were in school because the teachers knew that oh we're getting a davis child we're going to get their parents are going to be involved in the raising of their children and i tell parents today talk to your your children's their child's teachers what do they need Mm -hmm. what help do they need from you and give it to them and then get that would enhance them teaching your child to be more successful. Just don't think that you just hand them off in the morning and then when they're going into kindergarten, then you're gonna pick them up in, after the 12th grade and that they're gonna be fully developed. They need both to do that. I can already tell I'm gonna be watching this back and taking all <laughs> the parenting <laughs> notes. Thank you so much for all of that. That's so helpful. And you're right that now more than ever, we've got to ask that question of our kids' teachers. What do you need from us? How can we help you? Um, How can we kind of raise these kids together? Because um, like you mentioned earlier, that, that village aspect, I think we are realizing more and more how important that is and how much we need community and we need each other to raise kids. Very true. I agree. So along the lines of parenting advice, as we're coming out of this pandemic, um, parents are continuing to navigate talking to their kids about tough issues, things like poverty, um, mental health, racism. There's just a lot of heaviness for our collective parent community right now. What is giving you hope as you're looking at our future that could also provide other parents some hope? Well, I see that uh, parents uh, are becoming very vocal. And I'm gonna take that in a positive sense that they wanna be involved with the development of their children. And so, but I want them to go a little step further. I want them to not just say they wanna be involved, I want them to be involved. I want them to be involved with, go beyond what they're seeing. When I talked about before, about them getting involved, talking to their teachers, well, get involved with your, your children about what are they being exposed to? Are you just letting social media be their educator? Or are you just letting them see the little ticker tape that goes on the bottom of a newscast and say, that's all they need? Help them do the research to get the right answer or more, or more answers to choose from, just not one side of it. Help them to be able to... Uh, have the conversation and that tell them that it's all right to disagree with somebody. And you don't have to be 100% in agreement with everybody on every issue. I wouldn't want that in society, Uh, but help them, help them. And so even when they're starting, I ask parents, do you read to your children? And if you are, what are you reading? I am not an advocate of, I'm an advocate of books. 
the old-fashioned book. Our eyes, to me, were not designed to look at computer screens 24 hours a day. Read to your children. Show them how to read the book, how to, how to research. For them to learn how to research, don't go to the search engine called Google and have Google do the research for you. You learn how to research. Help your kids to, to get the rest of the information. Um, and then also let your kids see you doing that. A lot, what a lot of people don't understand, you know, they're, they're talking to their children and it doesn't matter if you don't, if you, you think your kid's not listening to you, but they are. Because the odds are when you look at your kid as they become an adult, they turned out just like you. They do the same habits that you had because when you thought they weren't looking at you or listening to you, they were. So you have to take time to say, hey, I wanna help in your development and be more engaging with that. Um, help them. And then um, also tell, some people have dreams for their children. They want them to be this or that. Well, that's your dream. I played basketball growing up, I played sports but I did not put any pressure on any of my children to play sports. If they wanted to play, they had to play. They, you had to play for the season. You commit it, you commit for the season. Then at the end of the season, we'll evaluate. If you don't want to play, you can walk away from it. But if you said, yes, I want to play this sport, you had to play for the season. But that was their desire, not ours. So help your children become what they want to be, not what you want them to be. Give them those tools, show them, help them. And then in the end run, they'll still turn out like you, but in, they'll turn out like you in their own way. That's such important advice. Thank you so much for your time today, Mayor Davis. Um, I appreciate your parenting advice and, and all um, the exciting things that you've shared with us going on in Edmond. I appreciate your commitment to, to the community, to our citizens, to our families, and also the ways in which you are really empowering all Edmond citizens to get involved and engaged in the community. Thanks everyone for listening. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.